When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the challenge, Rider Dies, for episode three. I am Brian Cohn. With me, as always, is my host, Alex. How are you? I'm doing well, and I learned from uh, my good friend Akiva this week that if you're the co-host, you're the guest. So I'm feeling even more uh, happy to be here as a guest on the show. How are you, Brian? Okay, welcome, welcome to the Brian Show with uh, <laughs> special guest Alex. Just for this one week. Who would have thought? Apparently, if you know you live your life like Akiva, <laughs> you're a guest in every <laughs> uh, responsibility you have. Yeah, I guess you've never heard of co-hosts because I mean that's like shows have a host and then everyone else is a co-host, so someone has to open it. But we're all equal here, obviously. Well, so, you you yeah. very um, magnanimously is that the word? You very uh, you your Twitter bio says that you're the co-host of this show. Should you update it? I guess so. The the main host, and I'll I'll add in like with with occasional guest hosts uh, at last week's. <laughs> I notably don't have this in my Twitter bio. Is that more of a snub than if you had just plain host? Well, my Twitter bio has evolved over the last like I would say twenty months. I've added things that have uh, occurred in my life that I feel are monumental, um, and that's kind of been like what my Twitter bio has been. So it's a, it's a it's a living beast. I don't want you. To, I know what you're referring to, but I don't. I think we should be driving traffic for people to check it out if they want to know. Yes. I also like that you are referring to your Twitter bio like a parent of a toddler. Twenty in the last twenty months, <laughs> you've been evolving it. It's exactly. Well, I feel like it's been. I don't think because I don't think it's been two years. Um. So I wanted to shorten it. So twenty months. Twenty. I feel yeah, like you it's like the, the mother and father 12. of every. It really sucks that we couldn't have gotten months to be 10 to make it like more like number like equal. Like, I don't like that it's 12. Like, 12 is such a weird number. I wish like there were 10 months in the year. Everyone should have 30 days. Keep it like equal. I don't like that it's weird numbers and all that stuff. It's bothering so not me. Not to get all, 
you know, <laughs> science about it. But like, so you would rather January be different, like you and I'm I'm okay with this. I just want to understand. You mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm so disagreeable <laughs> that I have to preface like, you know, I'm like I'm like the Jews defending anti-Semitism by being like, but I don't think X, Y, and Z. Like, I right. don't I'm not disagreeing with you, but if I may suggest something for clarifications for purposes. Yep. You wouldn't be okay with inconsistent weather month to month, year to year. Like January is well, always as it's cold. Only, it's only consistent because of that's what we did. Like the months and weeks are like a social construct, right? Like days are only the real thing. Like a day is a real thing and how long a year is a real thing. But we just created months and weeks, right? Like couldn't we just but have four it... months and it's just the seasons? Well, that's very different than saying you want 10 months. Right, so I was I'm saying like, there's no reason we have 12. We could just we could just have 10. Just make the 10 months at each like 33 days. No, let me, let me, let me, I, whatever the amount of days is, 35. Yeah. 10 months, but just then, but then you're going back to, what if it was like 37 days? Would that be okay? It's not like a nice clean number. I, I'd, more I'd, rather the month, I'd rather the months be 10 and the days be a little uh, an off number. But the 12 now months you is have me at four. I like four. Why 10? Because it's 10. It's just like, you know, five or 10. That's like the counting numbers. It's corn. I was going to say, it's 10. <laughs> a big number with knobs. It has the evenness. <laughs> like, is there anything to the fact that it's 12 hours in a day and it's 12 months? Do they want it's not 12 hours like in a day. It's not <laughs> 12, 12 like it's like It's like on the clock, it's 12. Like, is there anything to that? <laughs> maybe, I, maybe, I got, maybe I got high before this started. I don't know, but this is, this is a weird episode. You, how many hours in a day? There's 24 hours in a day. I was the wrong, right, I'm looking right. at the clock and I see and I see 12. I'll be, I see the 12. I'm like, oh, 12 hours on the clock, 12 months. I don't know if there's anything there. A position to make there be yeah, just 10 months. 10 months in the end. Traditional clock. That's a relic. Yeah. All right. I got well, like an oversized pocket watch on my wall. Okay. Let, let's go to episode three. I mentioned Akiva and the spirit of New Girl appeared. Like, New Girl old guy appeared in the podcast. I'm so sorry. Uh, speaking of spirits well, instead appearing. Of, instead of the Gardner minute, this was the timekeeping minute. So there we go. The audience of this podcast is about 20 gajillion times the audience of NGOG. So I like that we're choosing to discuss it like everybody knows. <laughs> Everyone should know. Okay. If you don't know, you got to know. Well, That's now weird. you know. Uh, and speaking of people That's returning, <laughs> all right, I'm Jordan and Anissa. Right. Jordan's here. <laughs> Jordan's here. Anissa's here. Uh, his longtime ride or die. Absolutely. When you think of Jordan, you absolutely think of Anissa, and vice versa. You can't picture the two without each other. So you had to pair them together, and away they're away they are. Here we go. Shout out to everyone at MTV. And Buddha Murray and uh, everyone who made the front of me package somehow try to like work. Uh, although I do like that they didn't lie to us. Like they kind of said, like, we've known each other for a long time. We've had some stress. He's grown. My best friend's his ex fiance, and let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even the clips they were showing, I don't think the clips they were even talking to there in the clips. I think they were just cutting different moments from each of them individually and just putting them <laughs> together, except for like that one thing they had of them taking a picture together during like the dirty 30 or whatever um everything else i think was just on their own i don't think they even have a clip from the entire time they've been on any season talking to each other so they just had to 
show clips of them just like interacting in the season. In fairness, my best chance of sustaining a long-term ride or die would be somebody who has never interacted with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> As I was saying that, I was like, wow, Ali, this is a really good joke. <laughs> Which is why I'm insufferable. Anyway, um, Tommy say that Big Brother has a stigma in the challenge house. And look, I get why this clip aired this episode, but like we have moved beyond that, right? Like I, I know that Devin will still perpetuate the Big Brother shtick when it suits him, but does Big Brother right. really have a stigma in the challenge house? I don't. Th- I think it's just more so they would probably stick together. I don't think it's about them being sneaky. If anything, now they've morphed that to the mole. If you come from the mole, you must be sneaky <laughs> and lying and stuff like that. So that's the evolution of uh, that. First it was Big Brother, then it became Survivor, and now it's. People coming from the mole have that. But I think it's really just the fact that they would stick together um, with the other Big Brother people, which I kind of didn't even think about with uh, Tommy and Annalise because they just figured they're going to be such non-entities throughout this entire season. I didn't even think to lump them in with the the Big Brother crew because I just can't imagine them ever being in a position of power. But this week, they kind of were a little bit. So, yeah, they, they got that Big Brother uh, allegiance. So boom-roasted. I mean, they don't in the sense that Fessy threw them in. They, like, and that really just goes to show that it's like Fessy and Casey and Josh are a tight Big Brother alliance because they are close friends. Amber could right. never like break through that because they're not friends. We even see that with like Challenge USA and Enzo and David versus Alyssa and Angela. Like the show connection, just the show connection alone can only take you so far. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and it, it kind of makes sense, right? Like just cause you come from, you know, the same show or whatever, you're not going to agree on how to go about the game and I can be friends. And I mean, look, maybe your first season, you can use that as a building block. Um, and then if post season you get together and your friends and then it's like the, the foundation, but you know, without that friendship, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last. So, uh, it's, you know, it's not that surprise. Now we got a four star review this week that was like decent, but not the best, which honestly worked. Um, and one yeah, of the I'll things I complained it. about was that we don't know challenge history, which honestly work. But uh, I raised this because I recall that you and I discussed what Bananas and Jordan would be doing on the season together. But I cannot even remember what we discussed last week. So I don't know if we were right or wrong. What I do know is it appears that Bananas and Jordan are at least initially going to work together this season. Yeah, I mean, it appears, honestly, that all the vets are working together, right? Like the only two that were seemingly called out that might not be in the big click were, were Nelson and Fessy, or I guess now Fessel. I'm not sure to respect that. I'll try to call him Fessel if I remember. I mean, except, except when he's messy, right? Then we'll stick to the messy Fessy. But Nelson and Fessel. Um, and we do, those are the only two that were named. They were like, oh, maybe they're not in because uh, Fessel, like they got the Norris connection with Nelson, and that's kind of the connection to uh, the rookies. Um, so a little bit on, you know, messy Fessy. You never know where he's going to land. So Every other vet that's really come in has kind of just slid right in to like with bananas joining, Jordan's joining. They've all kind of joined that uh, larger vet coalition. Now, are Jay and Michelle the only quote unquote vets by the new definition of vet? And by that, I mm-hmm. mean everyone's a vet who's done one season. I feel like since that new definition has been adopted, Jay and Michelle are the only vets to be disrespected, to be not only forgotten by the other vets on the show classified as rookies and then also classified as rookies by you just now right and, and, and jay this is i think his third season right and he yeah, made his way yeah. to the documentary he was in the he documentary beat this man has yeah. 
Big CT, and he is a yeah. rookie by everyone's and he's still up there. He's still up there with the mole people. Um, he's still a rookie. <laughs> I think they're calling it the moles now. Just the mole? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, poor Jay and Michelle. Um, that they can't get. I mean, they don't want to. I don't know. It seems like who like who Jay linked up with in the beginning was the the rookies. I feel like it was up to Michelle. She wouldn't be as linked to them. It seemed like she wanted to go more than Nani route, but that doesn't just that doesn't seem to be an option. Yeah, it's it's interesting that uh, everyone seems to has just accepted them or discarded them. But I agree, it's it's largely sort of Jay's gameplay. That's it's not just like blatant disrespect. It's definitely his gameplay. And. The weird thing that I, I wanted to ask you about, so this is now, I would say, the second or third straight season where it is very clearly the veterans against the rookies. Like, there's no real intermingling outside of, like, just the Jay and Michelle. Everyone is, like, got to get the rookies is all we're doing. I understand it's always been the case like that in the first week or two where, like, the rookies will get tossed in and then away you go. I don't recall in prior seasons it really being this divided so quickly, so early. Like, where is... Like Nelson and Fem- like where why where is the person to pick up these rookies along with a couple other vets to form a larger line? Why is that not happening? Why is everyone just so okay with just getting at the rookies and just going in with all the vets? I don't understand why this is the new thing to do. I think we've especially in our early days of podcasting, I feel like we complained about this a lot, and it's really like a West. Like that's where like the young bucks came from, and you know, in their early seasons. I sp- knowing that that was sort of Nelson's origin story, it's right. strange that he's not in that position, particularly being partnered with Norris. Um, I don't know. I think you and I both kind of assumed that Fessy and Nelson would link up with Jay and rock with them. Now, I don't know if Casey's return has taken that off the table because mm. now they're more strongly connected to Nani. And so like, okay, that's a better route. Or if they just have an independent relationship with Nani via her relationship with Casey that we wouldn't have like really been privy to from watching the show. Um, it was surprising to me, and I think we'll get into this. I know we will because we have a lot of uh, audience questions about it. But like, why Fessy decides to win here? Why Fessy then decides to go so wholeheartedly with the vets? And mm-hmm. what Nelson would have done in this position. Like, I don't know that it was like a foregone. I would have liked to see Nelson and Fessy have a conversation when Nelson was in power, but instead we've got to interview everybody who's already going in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's maybe just, I don't want to even say this collection of events because we have seen it in the past, but like, you know, I feel like, like you said, with Nelson and Fe- like they could have, they could have morphed over, but when Casey is in the mix and now Nani's in the mix because of how tight Fessel is with Casey, like he's not going to go against obviously bananas and Nani. Like that's that would cause such a wrench with with Casey. So and now Tori's in the mix with Anissa. Like they're close friends, so they're obviously not going to go against each other. So it's like you have all these like rider dies, but almost the strongest rider die pairs are like not even paired together a little bit. Where now it's carrying like larger rider dies, where they're just not going to go against each other. So you're creating like this like mega alliance because of how this format was constructed and this cast. That is like you you connect two dots and you have like a vet alliance of like eight to ten people that are just beyond unbreakable. Yeah, and I think we touched on this last week, but like, you know, a lot of these teams, and this is not to like sandbag Nani here, but like I think the teams, the 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 veteran teams are pretty well balanced, such that there is no 
Casey and Fessy or CT and anyone like CT and Amber or whatever. Like it's right now, while it's still a paired game, you know, Nani and Bananas are not an insane threat. Like they could still easily beat Tori and Devin. But as we discussed, it's probably a fair fight. Casey and her brother, who doesn't look as physical as her and is a complete rookie. I think Fessy's got complete confidence in his partner, but nobody at this point is going to be really threatened by her. So I think if they're, we've seen these people and Jordan now with Anissa. So we've seen these teams make dumb decisions on who to go to the final with before. These decisions probably wouldn't even be dumb. It's like kind of a fair fight. You could see how someone would think, all right, I'm going to stay loyal to Nani and Casey and I'm going to be able to beat them. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's totally fair. I mean, you could really, I mean, you could almost argue two of the strongest teams were the two rookie teams, like with Johnny and Raven, how they done the first couple of weeks. And then uh, Horacio and Olivia look really, really strong. So, uh, you, I mean, you could stack those two teams up against almost any vet uh, and feel pretty good about your chances. Now one of them's gone. Um, let's talk about Tori and Anissa. And if we get to Jordan, we get to Jordan. We don't have to wait until the night out. We can do what we want. Um, but like, I was really happy to see, I think we got clarity last week from one of the listeners about like how Anissa and Jordan ended up here. So it wasn't like a blind, like Anissa didn't tell Tori and there would be drama. Like, I like that Tori's approach with Anissa is like level-headed and Anissa is saying like, look, he's my partner and I'm going to care about his mental health. You're my best friend. We care about your mental health. Like I really liked how all of this was handled and it didn't become some like huge blow. Yeah, I, I totally agree. They, they seem to be in a re- really good place. Tori. I mean, she just seems to be in an incredible place. And um, I think you can kind of point to what happened. That's a, a lot of the reasons why some people were uh, turning on Tori. I think just clearly her mental health was just not in a great place the last time she was on. Um, and I you know, she's now been, twice in a row, two weeks in a row, really opened up about how far she's come. And look, maybe this is, a, this is, could be a new form Tori and this can get back to where a lot of people fell in love with Tori. And that would be great because she really was super likable when she first broke on the scene. Um, so now like in their post Jordan era, this could be a better Tori, which would be great. Yeah. I, I really, I really appreciated all of that from her. I, I appreciated the like direct talk you know addressing of the audience of like and not all medication works for all people like go to a seek a professional's assistance and get on your own journey like i I really liked the sort of appeal to the crowd um and like i I, we got some clarity on the fessy timing of it all like i think we talked about that last week or two weeks ago like not really being quite sure how the breakup happened and the timing of it that like Jordan broke up with her and then two months later she hooked up with Fessy out of spite. And like, look, that was pretty public. Obviously like we knew about it. We saw it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that that really was hurtful to Jordan and that Fessy that like, that was a mistake. Um, Fessel, sorry. And um, it's interesting how we really only hear Tori's perspective. And we get this conversation in the bar later, which I'll admit made me cry, made some of the listeners cry. Um, with him and with Tori and Jordan, we don't really hear much from Jordan's perspective about this. Yeah. This was very much the Tori POV of their breakup. What happened? Um, her, her dealing with it, her aftermath, her uh, being on the show. Maybe it's because this is Jordan's uh, like outside of like the all-stars that people didn't watch that. This is his reemergence into the show. So like we've seen Tori deal with the post Jordan era on the MTV proper show. We haven't <laughs> really seen Tori. Deal. So like we're more, 
right we're more we're more invested in her and obviously i think the show would be like mtv would be more invested in her being like the face of the podcast and all that so we're we're getting it more from her um i would like to hear a little bit more from jordan i'd like to see what his perspective was how he dealt with it um like anything he had to share he didn't really say much like you said just like you know he has still his love for tori which is the best for, best for her and um we'll always you know have her back which is great but i mean we like to see him open up a little bit more about what about what went down and from the conversation in the club, it it didn't seem, you know, at first Tori says like, I I have questions and I want answers. You knew I was going to be here. I didn't know you were going to be here. I want to get to the bottom of it. And then, you know, I've had conversations like this. Right? Like it then becomes more like, it's not really about for Tori what Jordan says or thinks anymore. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean, Tori was clearly holding on to some guilt and had an apology she wanted to make and had something she needed to clear up and she doesn't seem to need an apology from him. She just wanted to like present her side. Now I don't know that this will be the last conversation they have about it, but like I really expect respected her ability to like show up for herself, speak these like hard things and not really expect anything back. Like she wasn't then like, okay, now what do you have to say to me? Right. Right. I, yeah. I, that's a totally good point. And maybe like enough time has passed where, you know, clearly I think she, had to go through a whole process like moving on and maybe she feels moved on and just wanted to like have one final closure moment. Maybe that this could be that for her. Um, it's tough while living with him, obviously like it's not like a normal situation where you get up, you meet up for drinks at a bar and then you say your goodbyes and then you move on with your life. Like now they're playing a very stressful game and he's linked to like her best friend, which is going to create some like awkward dynamics and stuff. So uh, as much, I, I don't think there'll be as much detail into the relationship conversation as we go on, but like their dynamic, and really where they stand will probably be put to the test before this season's all said and done. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see how that withstands uh, each other. Also PSA for the rest of the season, unrelated. I'm in my hydrated girl era. So I'm drinking a lot of water and I feel like it's very loud. So I apologize. If I'll listen, but you don't have to at me. I'll listen. And if it's too loud, I will table my hydration during the podcast recording. So just FYI. <laughs> That's a cool name for something. Table your hydration. I don't know what it could be for. It could be a band. That could be a band. <laughs> you could have it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Oh, I was like, what did you say yesterday that killed me? <laughs> I, was oh, I, was yeah. <laughs> I was trying to work that way into the conversation. You're too on tonight. You're not buffering. You're at 100%. Well, it's, 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 it's a nice start time for us. I like the start time for us. Well, you know, don't get midnight. used to it. It's good. <laughs> uh, anything else before uh, the challenge? Well, we alluded to it, and I think we've talked about it maybe episode one because I had heard about it. But um, yeah, Fessel and Casey have a conversation that Fessel is not going by Fessy anymore. He's not going to be pressed if people call him Fessy, but that that was like sort of a nickname given to him because people didn't know how to pronounce his name. And now that he's got a platform, He's going to represent his culture and use it and gives us the origin and that it's, that he's the decision maker. And yeah, I really respect that, especially making a transition. Um, I think that's really cool. It's obviously important to him. We don't see a lot of Muslim representation on reality TV or the challenge. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was actually really funny that like TJ was like, trying to make a very good point to say it, but then his partner in confessionals, uh, kept saying Fessy, which I found pretty funny. Like of all the people you would think that would get like immediately jump on board, maybe she like she didn't know that he wanted to like go by Fessel, 
like Mariah just kept referring to him as Fessy in the confessionals, right? Even I think directly after that. So I I, I got a chuckle out of that. But yeah, good for yeah. good for him. Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's like, you know, I have a friend at work who likes to be like, you know, the equivalent of like Allison versus Allie with like his full name with people he doesn't really know that well. And then nicknames, whatever you can do when you're comfortable. So like, you know, even to the extent that Fessel has like a distinction of like all of America can't call me Fessy. And Mariah and I are close, fine. But uh, so mm-hmm. TJ is representing the people, which I'm fine with. TJ for the people. So, so this change, I guess, started this week, right? Because I don't think it was on his jersey the last two weeks. Um, I, don't, I guess you could print the jerseys and helmets pretty quick. Get a new name out there. Do you know that for sure? I don't know that for sure. But I feel like we would have noticed it, right? If they didn't say Fessy on his jersey. Well, we ta- I mean, we talked about it because Fessel had tweeted about it. So we raised this on like episode one. I didn't clock the jerseys, but this is not like a brand new development. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I didn't, I don't, I didn't peep the jersey. Mm, interesting. Uh, but here comes Russell. Bananas to say like, oh, she's still messy, fessy. He's hooking up or <laughs> in bed with Lauren, Colleen, Sis, and Michelle. Caitlin G very appropriately raises, who's the bigger F-boy, Fessel or Johnny? Yeah, I mean, they're very much up there. Um, <laughs> the weird thing is, I don't feel like Bananas has been as much of a F-boy on the show, right? I mean, there's been like a couple here or there, but I feel like it's more like off the show <laughs> stuff, I would imagine. I mean, there's been another what? I mean, there was uh, what, Big Brother Nicole. Was that her name, Nicole? No. Excuse um, me? Who, who was the girl? For, no, well, Morgan. But then there was, who was the other one that he uh, was into? That was like completely fake. Um, oh, Natalie? Oh, my. Natalie. Natalie. Yeah, I think it was like those two. And then other than that, most of the stuff has been off the show. I think like Vessel's been more on the show, messy. Well, I mean, Bananas has friends in higher places, right? Like that's been a sure. common criticism is that like, Bananas, either A, from experience, knows better where to hide his hookups. So I think he's been on show with at least, like, Nani, Camilla in bathroom bathroom time uh, and others. But, yeah, it's like he's more experienced and more dedicated to hiding it. Like, I don't think Fessel really cares about hiding it. Um, no. But, yeah, I think that's – it's more of a experience <laughs> – or it's, it's more of Fessy's <laughs> plotline where Fessy's plotline where like Bananas has also been in a relationship for a good amount of the time he's been on the show. That's true. That's true as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, Who's but that's not all in a relationship I have. was uh was uh Mr. Johnny not in a relationship or sort of now uh Raven struggling to deal with that cuz you know she was under the false implication that they were going to be getting working on their relationship was I think what Johnny strongly implied to her I would imagine preseason and on the plan and everything and that blew uh the smithereens now he's that he's uh been with uh, Nerys I am now realizing that Caitlin G probably meant Johnny and not Bananas, but I saw the question and was like, exactly what I was thinking. So sorry to Caitlin. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
at first I went on a real journey with Raven. Cause like at first I thought Raven was really playing this right because she's just sort of like, I'm here to win. It's fine. She has this conversation with Narice. Like we're all on the same page. It's okay. Like this is the game. And then I do think she can no longer contain her justified frustration with Johnny. Cause to me, it's not even that Johnny is hooking up with Narice. It's that then Johnny comes to Raven and is like, your head's not in the game. And I can see you're not good at suppressing your emotions. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not. Well, how about I blow this whole effing thing up, which I haven't done for your benefit. Yeah. I mean, I think they all kind of said it best that you could be as a good team, but you still need that, like some level of camaraderie and working together. And honestly, like I know Raven hurt is hurt by this, but like they do need allies. So Johnny working with Norice would at least help them get a bet on their side with Nelson. And maybe that's the start of something. I know that's kind of tough to look past if you really did have feelings invested, but if you're focused on, if you're more, if you're main, if you're trying to present that your main uh, animosity is that he's like tanking the game, uh, he's kind of like doing the opposite where he's trying to like push the game forward. I mean, obviously that's not his intentions, but the result would be at least that like they would have a vet on their side and then maybe one or two more. Also, the likelihood that Johnny has gone on every single one of these shows and played every single woman he's ever been with and, and suddenly finds Narice and runs off into the sunset with her. Like Raven, you know that she's going to get the same treatment you got. You could push a yep. beach ball down in the pool and it's going to pop right back up. Like his problems are not being solved on the challenge with Narice. Karma yep. will come around. Like you don't need to yep. tank your own game because of this man. Yeah, and I think it came around pretty quick because the show did him pretty dirty on the way out with uh, <laughs> his like uh, exits by like, oh, oh, I've got to think about it in Reese. Whoops, don't include that. Show did him a little, little dirty. Squeezes eye drops into eyes. Like, yeah, it was. <laughs> but like, Johnny does this every game. And then at the same time, like, Johnny on, you know, Reality Beach Wars. I always forget the name of that show on Paramount Plus. Like, Johnny up front like says like oh, i'm not looking to fall in love like this isn't gonna this is just for now and the women agrees but then he gives like 150 percent energy it's like mm-hmm. men, men of the world you want to be casual you don't need to do that much like don't it's it, it hurts your goal to do that much so johnny is these producers have watched johnny play women all up and down these reality streets so i'm glad he got a little bit of justice in the end yeah and there'll be many a type of Johnny to follow through on these uh, MTV reality streets, I'm sure. Can't wait for the reunion when Narice pulls a um, a Gus and tries to make like a real case out of whatever Johnny did to her when they were back uh, outside of the show. Pop the champagne, Gus. You made it in the conversation of yet another season. Congrats. <laughs> And for our new listeners or our <laughs> listeners in the last five years, what that means is somebody who takes up airtime at the reunion with a fake fight to try to get invited back. Yep. And no one else makes note of it and keeps referencing it except for Allie. <laughs> You've referenced it every once in a while, but it is every one of my favorite moments. It's I it's like my whole thing where I always reference Laguna Beach and how the edit can change how you feel about a person. And look, what's old is new again. Laguna Beach, back on Netflix. So you know what? Gus is about to be back. <laughs> the things I talk about come around, baby. <laughs> the Gus bus is coming around. Here we go. Look out. Well, you'll be driving it, bus driver. All right. <laughs> uh, build me Did up. talk about the challenge? <laughs> yeah, build, build me up. I thought up. we already build talked about this. Got... <laughs> Not almost. 
We got close. Um, <laughs> you have to run down a field. Uh, you have to run down a field, collect uh, six barrels, use them to climb up to uh, hit a buzzer to re- release smoke and to go down. Uh, there's like three buzzers along the way to clock your time. Two heats, fastest time in the two heats is the winner. This brought back, this felt like an old school challenge to me. This felt like season like 15, like they could have done this type of thing. Like maybe they wouldn't have smoke be released or something like that. But this was like an old school, basic, just some endurance, some physical teamwork, mainly focused on like trying to build characters and confessionals, uh, A to B type challenge. Let me tell you something I'm more interested in than this challenge. I'm also in my slime girl era. So if you hear weird farting sounds, so I'm playing with keyboard slime. And again, don't at me. I'll listen to it. And if I hear little like gurgles, I'll stop for next week. Um, but yeah, I didn't like this challenge. I, I get what you're saying. And in the beginning too, I was like, yeah, I'm okay with this. We've talked about this. Like, I don't need a big truck to come in. It's fine. But you're telling me that I'm going to watch a three-part challenge where all three parts are exactly the same in two heats? Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't just got a bigger field and do it all in one heat. Like that would be maybe my one critique. Uh, but I guess they want to set up the drama of Elise announcing, you know, you have potentially have two winners. You don't want to just end it with no drama. So I do get wanting to have that suspense moment of oh, who won between the two heats? I've never once watched. Well, I shouldn't say once. I more often than not do not think in any other reality show where there's a challenge that just finishes out normally wow, I wish this was done in two heats to build the drama. <laughs> Nothing kills the drama for me, like two winners, but then not having a resolution. Like, and, and mm-hmm. could they have, like, to me, it was a very short appearing distance to be running, to have it broken into three stations, like either keep it the same short distance and have something different in each th- third leg or the last leg, be a puzzle at the end or something. Like, it just felt like a very short little course. Um, but I, you know, I was happy to move swiftly on from it. Has <laughs> that person? Yeah, I mean, I was thrilled when it was over. That's positive. So <laughs> there you go. That's a positive spin on it. Uh, but uh, Fessel and Mariah win their heat. Um, Johnny and Raven win their heat. The rookie is doing very well. Horacio continues to get praise, uh, no matter what he does. Um, he basically takes a breath and everyone thinks it's like the greatest thing since mankind. So he's got that going for him. Yeah. Is Horacio winning this season? Like, are they trying to convince us that he's like deserving winner? So we're okay when he wins. It, it sure seems like he's going to be around for a very long time. I like at the very least he's, he might be like cut short right before the final or something like that. Like he feels like they are trying to build him and even Olivia. I think they really built, built Olivia up a lot uh, this week too. Um, so I think these are the two that are, Going to try to make their waves through the season, and I, I and I wouldn't be against it. I think I like both of them. I think Horacio, we saw him trying to make waves with uh, Laurel a little bit. Um, I think Nani uh, is very uh, uh, into Horacio, so like that's like that guy. They could vibe as friends. So uh, I, I look, I, I I love them both. So I, I'm happy they're here. All right, well, now the slime sounds are grossing me out. So I'm going away. Yeah, I mean, I, I it'll be interesting to see. Um, we have some questions at the end of the episode about them as a pair. Uh, one thing I want to say about the overall editing of the episode, like, yes, we got a lot of like foreshadowing in the beginning of like Fessy or, you know, I forget if it was was bananas, like forecasting to Jordan, like who knows what Fessy and Nelson will do. And Fessy saying, I want to stay under the radar. Then he wins. 
we get a lot about Johnny versus Horacio and those teams and Raven and Johnny and, and all that. I got to say, after watching Survivor last night, I liked this. I, it was a concrete story. I could follow it. I understood mm-hmm. the different options. I understood where everyone's mind was at. And I didn't mind the straightforwardness of the episode. Like, I like, no, again, a breath of fresh air. I could follow it. Yeah, they even set up the uh, uh, Tommy and Annalise double dealing that they would have to make a decision based off their double deals. Like, clearly, when they show them cutting deals with two of the other teams, like, they're going to be the one that's safe and they have to make the decision. So, I love that they did that. They show it in there. You know, A to B basics. Who, who, who's against that? Um, all right, but we get the deliberation, and Fessy ends up saying, I mean, this wasn't foreshadowing. Fessy's coaching Ryan. It's like, we've got to be doing favors for people who will win dailies. Ultimately, ends up with two of the strongest teams who could win a daily, including a team that's won a daily. But, you know, I understand the yeah, concept. It, yeah, this to me was like, again, don't like, this is your chance to like tell the truth. And he sort of hinted at it where he was like, I don't want to make a move against the vets, which was the truth here. Because if you didn't want to go against the, like the weakest team, like if you wanted to like knock, knock out teams that could win dailies, like you don't, I'm mean, Johnny and Raven already won one. They almost won this one. Rossi and Olivia are clearly a strong team. Like you would go against some other teams that you might not feel would win. Just be like, look, I don't want to make a big move here. I feel like I could ride the middle here. I don't want to take a chance to go against the vets. Let's just knock out some rookies and that's it. I don't know why he put up a facade of, oh, I want to go against the teams that aren't going to win dailies. Because that's just is blindly not true. It's also interesting because we talked about how Michelle and Jay don't get the like veteran status, but they escape being here because you know, it's almost like last week or whatever. Like, we've seen conversations about if you don't put Johnny and Raven up, like Michelle and Jay were debating when they were the safe dagger. Like, if you don't take the hit at Johnny, who called out all of the vets, then you're working with him and you can't be trusted. So, it, it like, if I were to rework this, I probably would have replaced Jay and Michelle with either Horacio and Olivia or Johnny and Raven. But I guess Fessel is thinking that's still going to look like a shot at the vets, even if these vets are not working with us. Yeah. And honestly, I think Fessel could have even gotten away with saving Annalise and Tommy or Kim and Colleen, just based off like the big brother thing or his like pseudo showman's with uh, Colleen. I feel like there's a way you could spin that and put Jay and Michelle in there too. I think Jay and Michelle are just as outcasted, if not more so than some of these other rookie teams amongst the vets. So uh, I, he could have easily have done that in my eyes. And let's face it, very unlikely to win a daily. Like if you if you're gonna yeah. keep I would keep Sis and Tommy from that logic and try to take any of the other three teams out of the bottom. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is why maybe they would want to keep uh those two teams in there is maybe he felt that uh by putting them in there, he's like doubling his chances that Olivia Horacio would be the team picked. Cause maybe he made agreements with like maybe Fassel made agreements with those with Annalise and with Colleen, like, okay, I'll, I won't vote you in, but if you guys pick the safe thing, you have to pick Olivia and Horacio. Whereas if he replaced one of them with Jay and Michelle, I would imagine Jay and Michelle would pick one of those other teams to beat like the, whoever was there of Annalise and Tommy or Kim and Colleen to go in. Uh, so if you want to get rid of one of the strong rookie teams, this greatly increases your odds of doing that. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And I think we'll see, I hope we'll use these deliberations to see some wheeling and dealing like that. You know, we didn't see it in these conversations, but I'm sure that will factor in on screen in the future. 
Yeah, I mean, I look, if the risk you play there, like if you if you do that where you have other options, obviously the risk you play is in the, this reality. Obviously, if uh, Olivia and Horacio pick the, the safe thing, then you know, you're, you're sacrificing one of your friends. But, you know, I feel like it, it's the type of move that you can calculate and risk get away with, especially if you want to make a big play. It's also a pretty small ask. Like, even if they're not your friends, like, I don't think, I mean, obviously, you know, Fessel is friends with Hansel and Gret, but I don't know if... <laughs> They're close enough friends, but I don't know. I don't think you need to be that close friends to make that trade off. Okay. It's a short-term thing. I'll save this team if you don't throw me in and then we're not continuing to work there. Like, I think that's a pretty easy deal to make. Oh, sure. You can make the deal, but like you might. Sure. If you're in that spot, if you're the Annalise, Tommy, Kim and Colleen, you absolutely make that deal. But it's just a matter of balancing where they're not then still mad at Fessy and uh, Mariah for putting them in that position to risking their game. Um, all right. So they, they go out in Williamsburg, apparently uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like a hipster brewery. And that's when we see Tommy and sis really go to work and look, they get a bad rap tonight. Cause like Devin loves to be like, Oh, close to her brother. Oh, this is good effing gameplay. Like it bit them in the ass. I think ultimately they did too much, but I was happy to see them work over both other teams. Look, they have they know where they stand. They know they are not one of the strongest teams. They know if they get into elimination, there is a very good likelihood that they'll be eliminated. So they have to play to their strength. And their strength, Tommy is clearly very well liked in the house. So he has to play to that. Annalise has to play to her social game and do their best bidding to stay out of it. Like if you know you're not gonna be voted in, which I feel like they had a good sense that they weren't gonna be the team voted in, there's no harm if you could get away with it of double dealing and then Look, if you have to make the decision and cut one of them, you, you do that. Otherwise, keep yourself safe for another week because they're not going to survive an elimination. And and that's, I think, where, like, uh, nitpicking, because we're here Monday morning quarterback, whatever. Does that even work anymore because there's so many nights of football? Every night, yeah. the next night quarterback, morning quarterback. Uh-huh. Like, could they have just leveraged logic and the fact that they're the weakest team? Like, one don't you want us around so that you can beat us if you have to go in to uh, we're mm-hmm. never going to win the day. Like, well, no, we're never going to win the day. Like, there was another thing I had, but now I forget. But the point is, is like, oh, the other, t- if you send us in, the strong team's going to come back. You send two strong teams in, you knock out a strong team. Like, I think the logical move would have been to save Tommy and Annalise. So they wouldn't need to really be like concrete promising safety but I'm not going to dog them because ultimately like you've got to survive another week. Yeah. I think when it, I think for this week, they were able to like do this dealing, but I think, I think totally agree with you. I think down the road, like they should be playing up the layup card, not even for the final. I think they really should be playing up the layup for the draw. Like put me, like keep us around. We'll be in the draw. And if, you know, worst case, you know, you're, you're going up against us here and like the, in the high variance of the draw and you have us as your backup plan. I think that is a card you can play up very well. And it'll put you ahead of the line of a lot of teams because there really aren't that many teams that you would feel that way about, uh, other than I think Tommy and, and Annalise. Yeah, it's like the tired, wired, inspired. Tired is doing nothing. Wired is what they did. Inspired is uh, who was the guy from the Amazing Race that we liked on Challenge USA? Oh, uh, getting a J. That guy. That guy. I feel like he would have been able to like do accomplish this, you know. 
like the the, the inspired, yes. like just like casually dropping the ideas, making you think it's your idea, and uh, staying safe James. without everyone. James, without call, I'm like the Long Island medium when I'm trying to think of a name. A J <laughs> is coming up, um, but <laughs> I think he would have been able to achieve that. But again, still on the wired level, and that's better than nothing. Yes. No, absolutely. And good for them for, like you said, good for them for making deals and trying something rather than just sitting back and letting, letting the game play them. Um, we talk, Anything more you want to say about Tori and Jordan? I, Caitlin wrote, not me crying through this Tori and Jordan reconciliation. Is this the most mature breakup we've ever seen? I really loved how Tori speaks about it. Jordan's acceptance of it and kind words for Tori make him seem like a different person. Thoughts? But other than I'm just here for the Tory resurgence. Like I thought she was one of my favorite people when she came on the scene her first couple seasons. So if we can get back to this story, like please God, like that would be great. Cause uh, I like the, the show is very invested in her. So I think she's going to be on the show for a very long time. So I would much prefer it to be uh, this version of Tori than the one who was going through a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I look like, rare that as an adult you get this you know we talked about it with cam and leroy like i'm obsessed with the fact that like cam and leroy are happily together with a beautiful baby and like had the challenge not existed or they didn't agree to go back on that season that may never have happened because like they were not Mm -hmm. talking if not for being in the same scenario together the same setting together tori clearly had a lot on her chest to say to jordan and then talked in a year and a half. And you think about people in real life. Like, these are real-life couples. In real life, there are plenty of people. I mean, I've bumped into exes four or five years later, coincidentally, and they've said all this stuff to me. And I'm like, whoa, like, I didn't know you were carrying all that. What if we hadn't bumped into each other? You'd have just lived with this? You know, like, people mm-hmm. don't reach out in this way. And so I was just really, like, touched and glad that Tori got this opportunity and Jordan was getting this opportunity. But it also made me sad for like 99.9% of the adult population who does not bump into their exes on a television show mm-hmm. to like clean the cobwebs out. Um, but yeah, I really like, and, and as far as mature breakups, yeah, like that's a benefit of the challenge. Like we see these people grow and mature. We see them age. I think they're both in their thirties that I just aged Tori. I don't know how old they I, are. I would, I, would bet she, I would bet she's like 30, 31. That's uh Google search. Oh, I think they were all like younger than me on either one. Um, Yeah, she's 29, close enough. And Jordan's 32. But that's the thing is like, we first saw Tori when she was 10 years old. Not really, but when she was in her young 20s, early 20s. And now she's 29. And like, and Jordan too. Now he's 32. Like, we've seen them have fights and we've seen them like have adult breakup, reconciliation, closure conversations. So it's really, it's a unique thing on the challenge. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things about the challenge. All right. Uh, one thing I want to talk about with, with Brett, she's like, oh, I really like Fessel all of a sudden, and I'm going to try to work him to not throwing us in. Were they making him out of molehill? Was she trying to pretend she liked him more? Like, I didn't really understand that scene. Uh, I don't... That's uh, a good question. I don't know. I mean, Fessel seems like, you know, this is, this is the messy, messy, like, bouncing around like who even knows what he's thinking about here with colleen i mean i didn't realize he was you know playing a bit with laurel who are the other like he's got a bunch of girls he's like like around laying around with flirting with so i don't know i i can't i can't get invested in the colleen of it all just yet like 
give it a few more weeks until something happens, and then I'll put some brainwaves to it. All right. Well, then let's just get in the zone. <laughs> like there needed to be like a sound drop for that. <laughs> where where is AutoZone when you need it? What a great sponsor. How are they not dropping in with commercials uh when they're in the in the elimination? Yeah, bad job by their uh like lace potato chips sliding in the big brother. AutoZone slide into the challenge. Not um, sliding in in that context. <laughs> um all right, so Johnny and Raven voted in and then get to the draw. Annalise and Tommy. Well, wait, let's is she pause going Johnny and Raven? Sorry. Sure. No, I'll, uh, go ahead. I was enjoying just listening to the recap, and I was like, wait. Jose says, I feel like so many wrong moves were made. Why would Fessy win the daily when the rookies would target the vet vet teams? Fessy's on the bottom of the vet alliance. Why would Tommy send the rookies in? I don't know. Sorry. Jose, I agree. Let's talk about whether they should have even won, but. I put this in the wrong spot. What I want to talk about is why throw Johnny and Raven in when I agree with Jose Fessel's at the bottom of the veteran Alliance. Why not cut a sneaky deal with Johnny and Raven? So is he at the bottom? Because he is very closely connected with Casey, obviously. And she is very closely connected with not like, I don't know how much more at the top of the vet alliance you need to be than being connected to those two people. Like I, I think he's very deeply connected to the vet alliance. I don't agree he's at the bottom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get out the whiteboard. And it's not a whiteboard. It's a small notepad and a marker, but you can't see me. You don't know that. All right. So we've got Banani at the top, king and queen. And draw little crowns, draw little crowns. I will not tweet this graphic, but I am drawing it because it's for me. Turn the TikTok camera on, people. All right. I have a question. Put a couple down and you tell me if they're like higher or lower, like, you know, card sharks or whatever. All right. So you have to do the yodeler, though. Tori and Devin. I I like, we'll put them because I'm going to put them, I'm going to put them below Banani. Right now. So you're going to tell me, are so, they above Banani, below Banani, so, or in between? So to me, I put the two heads of Bananas and Nani and Tori and Devin. All I right, think those are like Perfect. the two heads. And okay. I think they're going to like sneak together when you connect this, these dots. Okay. So now let's introduce Casey. Direct line so Casey, under Banani. Right. And bro- what's his name? Kevin? Casey and brother. Oh, the brother. Right? Casey and brother. Brother. Kenny, brother I think Casey. is his name. All right. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, now I'm forgetting every single person. I, okay. So I, the whole point so of this part, Bessie and Mariah are a third layer removed under Casey and brother. And that's Fessel and Mariah. And the whole point of me working this out, and I think we should discuss what you were going to say, which is like, what is Devin's relationship with Bessie is one question. And the other is, if Nani is saving Casey and Bananas is Bananas is like, okay, that's cool. Obviously, that's your girlfriend. We're solid with them. Where does Casey's number one Fessy get them? Because I feel like, you know, if there's a life preserver on the Banani boat, Casey and her brother are in there. Can Casey bring a plus one to that? I'm not sure. 
Well, I mean, his last spot's in the final, so I feel like he Fessel can find his way into one of those lifeboats. I, I think he can make it there. You know where there's also um, a lot of spots in the zone. <laughs> like that's where I think the most interesting pairing that's going to be dropped in here is the pairing that we see dropped in at the end of the episode with Darrell and Veronica because they're the least connected of all of these vets. Like I think when you bring Banana to Nani, and obviously there is that strong connection with Casey, you bring Jordan and Tori, Jordan and uh, Anisi here. There's obviously that very strong connection to Tori. You bring in Darrell and Veronica. There's like loose connections, obviously, but there's no like you're not dropping them in, and they have another rider dive. So if the rookies were looking to band together and try to like peel off some vets to form a new coalition, I feel like you start with the Nelson and Norris pairing because they're as far isolated from the vet group as you can possibly be, and then try to bring in like Darrell and Veronica, and then you try to get the ball rolling and try to get something because everyone else is pretty well connected amongst that, like, core of, like, what is that, five, six teams that, like, all kind of snake together. So that's really where, like, the, the breakoff has to be. Well, we've talked about that, but it doesn't really strike me as a Jarrell thing to do. To, like, Jarrell in this day, to, like, go against the majority and try to lead a, a, a counterfaction. It's not what it we've really seen him do on All-Stars. It's you know, not, we've seen Jordan he, and Devin make nice with bananas. Why wouldn't he like just kind of come in and try to get by? Anissa's got to be a connection for them. The only thing I can think of is like in the documentary, we did get a sense of it was either Darrell speaking or people speaking about Darrell. I think it was Darrell speaking about how, you know, he comes back and the game is much different now. Things are much quicker. There's the dynamics of game to change. The game is much quicker. Leave that if it's true, whatever you want. But I think Darrell's kind of reflected on himself and be like, I need to kind of change and adapt. So I think coming in here after a couple of all-star losses, I think he would be open to flipping things up. Like, I don't think he's really ever been that close with like bananas going into a season, like to work with him. So I think he would be open uh, if the power, if they win next week, I think there could be an opportunity for them to try to make a strike and try to form something new. I feel like that's, that's the key swing team. Like if they, if, they, if Darrell and Veronica fall in line, like, I, I don't know where the next few weeks goes. I feel like we're going to see the same core group going to the draw. But like, I think we need one of these teams, like Darrell, to really flip over to that other side and try to flip something up. I just don't see that for Darrell or Veronica in any respect or world. I mean, didn't this film before this season filmed or no? The documentary? Like, which? What was the order of the filming of this? That's a good question. Um, Regardless. I, feel like the, I mean... Because I just don't uh, really know the answer. Um, yeah, regardless yeah. of that, I mean, I don't see it. Would I watch that season? Absolutely. That's where the season is going. Sign me up. Uh, I just, I just don't see him having any reason or connection point to these these rookies. And I don't think but Veronica other... is going to be in for that either. But but hey, yeah, I'd watch it. I'd be down for it. Mm-hmm. I think, though, for the other decision, I think Annalise and Tommy, like, absolutely made the right call. I think for them, they should be absolutely playing that Big Brother card and try to slide in with Fessel and Casey and hope to God that they'll pick them up as just numbers along the way and then just do what they want. And if what Fessel and uh, Mariah want is the two big rookie teams that go in, go in against each other, they absolutely should follow suit with that and then try to buy themselves a few more weeks by sliding in with them. Sorry, 
I was buffering. I remember what I was going to say about Darrell and Veronica. I don't think that Darrell's demise on All-Stars was because he got picked off by the majority and wasn't willing to like flip or was at the bottom and didn't recognize it, you know? Like his demise in All-Stars 1 was that he didn't take his clothes off correctly or like he took too many clothes off or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then his partner like had a back injury and then didn't he actually win one of them, but like the time, like the edit was wrong. Like, you know, he's gone close playing sort of just like the under the radar majority rules game. And on top of it, no disrespect to Jerome and Veronica. And I would love, again, I'm rooting for what you're saying, but do I see them coming in next week and winning? No. So it might just be like, let me look at the field. Who's most likely to get the wins. Let me align with them. So I'm not at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, look, that's prior precedent of how challenge goes. That seems the more likely scenario, but I'm hoping. I'm putting out hope. All right, but I totally agree with you on Sis and Tommy. And and honestly, this is where Horacio and Olivia's inexperience in a strategy game comes in, although Olivia did play very strategically on Long Island. That's a read. Um, is like, it is in no world in Sis and Tommy's best interest to keep them safe. So they should have considered that and not believed them and prepared. Like the fact that they, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that was all like huffing and puffing and like trying to make them look bad and whatever. And they knew they were going in. But like when someone offers you a deal that is not in your best interest, in their best interest, you're an idiot. If you, well, idiot's wrong. You're incorrect if you believe them. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it, there was nothing wrong with them being like, yeah, I'm down to like agree to do this deal. But I just wish there was the confessional of, I, I will take this deal, but do I believe it? No. Like, I wish we had that uh, included in the episode. I wish they, or they, I wish they had that thought process along the way, or they take that information and then like, go to Kim and Colleen beforehand and be like, you know, they made this deal with us. Did they make the same deal with you? Like maybe that's like the next layer, but if you believe it, you're not going to do that. Right. Agreed. Um, did you believe TJ when he said that this was a spin on Hall Brock? <laughs> I have some. I don't know that I agreed with that. Uh, I mean, I I think it is. How I think it's a spin on Hall Brawl. No, how is it not? To, to me, it's like a little bit more like you know when they are like tied with the ropes and they're like digging into the sand and it's like if I move, then you're you can't move. It's like like just because it happens in a hall to me does not make a Hall Brawl make. Like I guess so, I, but actually, I kind of like this version better with like the little beam in the middle i feel like hall brawl over the last couple of years has just really morphed into like people like getting on the ground and just like turning into like a wrestling match like i kind of like this better where it really is like you go head to head and you're just like brute force trying to push the other one back i like i like this version better to be honest I-, I think it's two different things but i agree i really like this elimination i didn't like i would rather it be heats based on gender than one partner kills themselves in the first round to give you a millisecond head start that ends up being more or less inconsequential in yes. the second. Um, but yeah, like it's you know what I'm picturing. You know the one where it's like a really big beam and like you're pushing on opposite sides and it's yeah, yeah. I know, I know, like, I know that's more what this yeah. is like like to me. But yeah, I thought it was extremely successful. I thought you know all four of them showed a lot of heart. Now did they did they make it seem like Raven was just checked out? In the edit, yeah, but I think she really gave it what she had. I think she just got bested by Olivia. Yeah, so maybe she needs to check her shoe size. Like maybe there's something wrong there. I don't want shoes. I don't know. Uh, but it was. I mean, look, it was a fantastic. I feel like we've had a lot of duds recently with Hall Brawl. Um, 
the last couple of years, or maybe I'm just remembering the one on Challenge USA, which was like maybe the worst thing I've ever watched. <laughs> but this was incredible. It had me, I, I was stunned when uh, Johnny Raven won round two. I just, I, I thought it was over. Uh, I didn't think they had any chance of bouncing back. That, that was an incredible performance. Um, Olivia, like the way she smoked uh, uh, Raven in the, in the last part of round three was incredible. Johnny Horacio had some great battles. Like this was just a top to bottom very entertaining elimination round. Absolutely. Yeah. And Johnny, you know, I, I give him a lot of grief about his romantic pursuits, but Johnny shows a lot of heart in challenges. He did on his other MTV show too. It's no surprise that he does here. It was an unbelievable comeback, like you said, in this in the second round. Um Patrick M says, how relieved was production with who ended up in the zone? Because Tommy and Annalise versus any of the other teams would probably have been a three second challenge. Yeah, I mean, look, we, uh, I'm kind of surprised it didn't work out this way, that way, because that feels like how Hall Brawl has worked out uh, recently, where it's just a complete bloodbath. Um, so, uh, look, it sucks that we had to lose Johnny and Raven so early. I feel like they were really bringing a lot to the, the season and really would have been very interesting players along the way. But at least we had this very fun, entertaining elimination round that we will remember them fondly for it. I do think for a pairs elimination, though, because it really does end up coming down to you know, the men twice versus the women once, because it seemed to really not matter uh, who won the first leg. Um, like for a, for a pair chat, like I don't love to see somebody go out because of their partner. I know that's sort of the nature of the game, but would I have rather seen this, you know, with the big version of it and a big beam and both teammates are on the beam at the same time, pushing together such that like, Johnny mm. can make up for a Raven deficit or Olivia can make up for her ass. You know, like whatever. Yeah, maybe. But oh, yeah, again, I'm nitpicking. Like I thought it was a really successful elimination. Yeah. The one second thing I feel like maybe should have been two seconds, three. I don't know. It's like maybe three seconds is too much, but the one second, sometimes it didn't even feel like a second. It seemed like it was like a half a second. I don't know. I feel like a second is longer than what, what was happening, but I feel like there needed to be something extra more that for the winning the round one. I don't know, but like I like it. Don't get me wrong. I thought this was a very. I don't want to nitpick because this this was very entertaining. All right, so let's uh, say goodbye to Johnny Raven. Do you think we haven't really been doing this? But for Johnny and Raven, do you think we'll see that both of them or any of them back, or do you want to see them back? I definitely would love to see them back. TJ hinted like the way he was talking. I thought, oh my god, is there a redemption house? He was like, you know, this is ends your time for now. I was ready for him to just be like, but I'm feeling generous, <laughs> and you can just stay. Um, <laughs> feeling friendly. Yeah, feeling friendly. Get a second chance in this game. Um, but I, I would love to see them back. I, I think they would. But look, they there's, they've brought on so many rookies these last few years. They have like a boatload of people they can give second chances to at this point. That I don't know. Maybe they won't uh, give them a, another look next season because they just love bringing on like 15 new rookies every season. I liked Raven a lot and I would like to see her back. And I think she brought a lot. She was willing to sort of go vulnerable and look bad, quote unquote, um, which I respect in a challenge competitor. I think if they leave, and I don't like Johnny in terms of what he does in relationships, but if they leave Johnny on the table and don't bring him back, they're fools. Johnny has made chaotic mess out of every show that he's been on. And he gives a thousand percent in the challenges. He's a small dude, but he's scrappy as hell. Like, I think he could do this for a long time. I would be very, very, not only surprised, but disappointed if they don't have him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And Raven was great, too. I don't like, I don't want to shortchange her. Also, she was very, 
very very competitive in these dailies and eliminations, and maybe in another season post the Johnny era, she'll even get even more in the mix socially. So love to see that too. Yeah, I have been thinking about that all episode. I've been self-conscious about it, that we're talking about Vessel's decisions and Johnny's decisions and totally ignoring Mariah and um, Raven's agency. It is the edit that was shown to us that it seemed to be more in the hands of the men, um, but very true. Yeah, I mean, look, in, in the case of uh, uh, with Mariah, like more likely than not, like the vet in the in a vet rookie pair is going to just have like the dominant voice. Um, that's just the way these go. It, it takes a very special rookie to uh, one up the, the vet partnership uh, to get their voice heard. Um, and then let's talk about uh, Horacio and Olivia, our winners this week. And, you know, Horacio says something in the beginning, like, oh, we really, like, showed up and showed out in that elimination. Now everyone might think we're a threat. And I was like, um, I think everybody knows that was a group project. But this week, I think you could definitely <laughs> say that they showed up and showed out. Uh, Dalton says, how can anybody not be rooting for Horacio and Olivia? I'm a relatively new challenge fan. Welcome. So it bothers me so much that these incredible rookie teams get thrown into elimination time and time again. Is It's a decent move from the vets, but they can never get their footing. Could you talk about Olivia and Horacio standing in the game? And if you think they have a shot to make it far. I, I, I would think they have a shot to make it far. Cause I feel like at a certain point you do want to have people on your side that can win dailies and keep you safe, especially when so many people are not going to be kept safe on a given week. Like with the score teams being tossed in, you want to have someone looking out for you. So I would think at a certain point, someone like a Laurel who again is now also a very, I, I think, forgetting about her is a very interesting part in like the vet group where she respects people that win like whether you're a rookie whether you're a vet whether you've known her for 20 years or 20 minutes like if you win you will get on laurel's good side and she will work with you so horacio needs to continue to work like the laurel side of like the vet group and try to like get in through there because she will work with you and keep you safe and like that's how you have to play it up you can't play it up of any other way other than like look i will win and keep you safe like that's how horacio and olivia have to play this yeah, and I think, like, you know, we can't underestimate uh, how valuable being likable is, especially as the game goes on. And that the vets mm-hmm. might at some point tire of their own, get annoyed by their own, and everyone seems to really like Horacio, especially. Like, we're getting, as you mentioned earlier, all of those confessionals about what a good guy he is, and everyone really likes him, and maybe there's a little romance with Laurel or friend vibes there, whatever. Um, and it reminds me almost of Tori's first season, where, like, Tori came in from already the one and immediately ingratiated herself into the veteran alliance, did whatever they wanted her to do, and like also showed up as a competitor and impressed them. And like that's what Horacio is doing. I mean, he's not like working with them at this point, but I think he's impressing them, and that could be good for their staying power. Yeah, absolutely. He needs to like not treat what people say to him as gospel. Like he can't be believing like. Tommy and Sis, of all people, you can't be getting snowed by them. So, got to keep up the uh, antennas about what uh, people are saying to you and what you can do about it. Um, this might be early to ask, but Lane says so for rating rookies for who we want most, who we who we most want to have back in the future. Olivia is the unanimous number one choice, right? Competing really well and truly excellent in confessionals. A plus so far for her. Yeah, she's up there. Um, Johnny's up there. I think Jack's had a strong start and we haven't heard from him. Um, and then um, I feel like we'll start to see him a little bit more. Um, so I would put those three as probably the most likely. 
Um, did I freeze? No. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I wasn't a big You're fan of Olivia's on, um, on Love Island, frankly. Uh, I think she's doing really well on the challenge, but give me a few more weeks to flush those uh, biases. Um, but all right, we have some other questions after the break. Um, but uh, you want to do the drinking game first? Yes, we got the great Kyle Picard sent some over uh, seven for this week. Um, four dual confessionals. Uh, I suppose there's only four. Uh, two nicknames. Uh, someone calling uh, the Jordanimal and Nelson calling himself Nelly T. <laughs> and then one special effects. Uh, there was the Olivia Wild Beast during the elimination. So seven for this week. Um, great. I have a rule. Not inspired by anything I saw on the show, but I like this rule and I would like to add it. Um, if you'll sure. indulge me. Of course. Uh, I think anytime we see non-uniform challenge merch. And I will also count like any custom merch, like if Bananas was wearing one of his own t-shirts. Okay. I like it. Um, anytime uh, DJ compliments someone. DJ giving out some compliments. Even going so far as to say like, we'll definitely see you again at the end, any type of that stuff. You know, killed it at the daily, good effort at the elimination. DJ giving out good vibes. Add that. All right. Um... We have some information from Lone Ranger 158, but first, it'll be a good good little challenge, uh, boys and girls here. And let's plug uh, the wrap-up promo for the week, which we never do, but are supposed to. And and not really passionate about, but we're just dunces. Um, but check out the Bachelor in Paradise wrap-up right here on the same network. You don't have to go anywhere, assuming you're listening on the wrap-up speed. If not, then you do have to go somewhere, but it's not far. Uh, hosted by the great Haley and Amy, the OGs of the challenge of, sorry, of the reality TV wrap-ups. Uh, Bachelor Paradise may have shifted seasons, but they're still bringing the heat. Haley Strong and RHAP recapper Amy, our RHAP relationship gurus, come together each week to keep you up on all the tea from the eighth season of the hit show. Bachelor in Paradise features returning favorites from previous Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons. Looking for another chance at love? Keep warm this fall with Haley and Amy in Paradise. Uh, I'm listening. I'm watching. I'm commenting in the patron Facebook thread. Helpful questions like who and also why, because this season is a complete mess. So definitely check that out. Definitely, they're the right. true uh, ride or die OGs in these in these uh, RHAP streets. Well, are they ride or dying for each other? I don't know. Uh, Tell us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> um. All right, a little more on Emmy from Lone Ranger 158. Since I asked, being Ali, I'm name. getting added, and I'm okay with it, in the question thread, uh, which if you want to give us the tea or ask questions, uh, the question thread is linked in my Twitter, and I think yours. And mine as well. Okay, great. Um, she did an Instagram Live, so reporting live. If you ever see anyone doing an Instagram Live, uh, feel free to drop us a line. We appreciate the information. Um uh, she was told the day of film, filming that she was an alternate, so she felt disrespected. Now, if that's true, that's kind of messed up. I'll stop right there. She was, told, she was told she was an alternate. 
like on the day, I think that the scandal is she arrived there and was like, oh no, you're just an alternate. Now maybe she didn't understand the concept. Like, I don't know, you know, if there was like a language barrier, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But she and mm-hmm. Nam were cool until they got into the game where he deserted her, according to her, wanted nothing to do with her because he linked up with the vets he knew, treated her badly, again, according to her. Now, in a partnered season, that's bizarre to be upset about, but she was outspoken. He should have known how she was based on her past shows. All the players were fake. Only one said bye. She didn't know her leaving caused Nam to leave. Lolo tweeted, maybe I should pour some gasoline onto the fire. And he started. Yikes, Lolo Jones getting into it. Like, where Jesus. are we? It's, it is incredible that Lolo Jones, great Olympic, U.S. Olympic gold medalist, is in the Twitter streets about the challenge. It's crazy. What a time. And now Narice apparently had a video saying that TJ called her Emily and was, like, even worse than it was shown on the show. Uh, a lot of tea dropping here. Um, so... And then also uh, Lone Ranger says, pretty sure Nam and Emily did not really know each other, but have the same management and were shoehorned together because of that. So thank you for the yeah, hyping hot tea. That checks out. Um, and then Lone Ranger, go ahead. No, that's it. I was just taking oh. a breath. Lots of, um, lots of digest. Lone Ranger also uh, asked our thoughts about the cast of War of the World's Champion, World Champion, USA, whatever. Yeah, so I've seen that floating around. I don't know if that's official yet, right? I feel like I saw it was like the potential cast or the reported cast. I don't think uh, there's been anything confirmed yet uh, for those seasons. But it seems like, based off who's being out there, it has almost nothing to do. I mean, that's sort of something to do with Challenge USA, but like there's other, like Challenge proper people are making their way to that. So it's certainly more than just like the winners of these four Challenge spinoffs. Here's the thing. There's a link to a Reddit uh that apparently doesn't spoil the cast list part doesn't spoil if you go to the reddit it says like warning there are going to be spoilers for rider guys and honestly like if anyone from this cast is on war of the worlds like i don't want to be thinking into it so like i have not looked at the cast i'm not saying you're spoiled if you've looked at the cast but just like i'm too afraid to go to reddit and and read it it's like and then it's i'm asking for it and i don't need to be doing right no, 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 no. Definitely not going to Reddit. I just seen like pictures coming across uh Twitter about like who who was gonna be on it. And I've just seen challenge proper people on it. But I don't think they've even gotten the film yet. So I don't know how you would even get spo- I guess for Ryder Dies, but I don't think you can even get spoilers for uh the challenge World of the Worlds. I can't are they still no, I'm more worried about being spoiled for this season than anything sure. about that. Are they actually going through with that the name? That's what they're naming this freaking show, War of the Worlds, and they're acting like they weren't two seasons of War of the Worlds and Challenge Proper. That's crazy. Uh, I think it's called Challenge World Championship. Okay, I just said funny. War of the Worlds because I'm sloppy. Okay. <laughs> but that's it. All right. That's episode three. You can uh, subscribe. Rabbitswebsite.com slash challenge feed. You can follow me on Twitter. Cohen Brian underscore. And they can follow you. You can follow me at Lash Tweets and Please feel free to follow that subscription all the way to iTunes and leave us a review. Um, we have mm-hmm. fun reading them. Even if you don't like us, you know, I don't want to like really solicit those reviews, but I enjoy reading those too. So give us, you know, give us your feedback. Let us know what's going on. Yeah, put the five stars at least if you want to like add like a, we can't get like that great of a response. At least get the five stars, get the rating up, you know, do that at least, take it. That's it. I uh, did we'll say that. 
Well, check out NGOG as we plug it. If you like the first five seconds of this podcast, you'll like New Girl Old Guy, me and Akiva at anchor.fm slash New Girl Old Guy. And I'll be on RAP this week because my life is hell and I don't say no to Akiva despite um, evidence to the contrary that I should. So check that out. (laughs) Um, Maybe NGOG will be canceled. Check out NGOG while you still can. (laughs) Before it's wiped off the internet. Uh, Until then, until next time. Have a good one.